Ready to boost sales and grow your business without the BS? Welcome to the Business Growth Show. I'm Sam Dunning, a digital marketing, sales, and business growth evangelist. Tune in and subscribe today as I'll be interviewing business leaders, experts, and entrepreneurs from around the globe. We'll be sharing actionable tips across marketing, sales, and growth without the BS to help you skyrocket your business. And welcome back to a fresh episode of the Business Growth Show. Delighted to be joined by Jason Jilks today. Jason's the managing director over at Lead Genera. They harness the latest technologies and strategies in the web development, digital, and email marketing space to help businesses grow. Jason, a warm welcome, my friend. How's it going, Squire? Hi, Sam. Very, very well, thanks. And thanks very much for having me on. Looking forward to uh, chatting to you and digging into lead generation today. Yeah, we're going to be digging deep all into how we can lower our lead generation costs, but most importantly, not scrape on, scrimp and scrape when it comes to the quality, because I'm sure a lot of people tuning in have thought, that's all well and good, Sam and Jason, but I know damn well if I try and get um, volume when it comes to leads, if I try and lower that ad spend, then I know I'm just on the back end going to get some terrible quality leads. But we're going to be showing some, some different ways on how we can approach that. But perhaps to start the conversation, Jason, why is it so important that businesses, marketers, or anyone really has a, has a solid lead generation framework? It's a very good question. Um, and as you've highlighted, lead costs are, are very much related to that. I mean, with a, a lead gen framework, and what we mean is, you know, leaving no stones unturned. So there's a lot of questions to be asked when somebody needs leads generating. For example, what do you hope to accomplish? What's the main reason and goal for generating leads for your business? You know, how, how are you going to measure success is one of the ultimate questions. Um, you know, challenges need to be discussed. What challenges have you currently faced in your lead generation journey? What challenges do you have in your lead generation process? Is there any blockages? Is there any anything else that complements this process that needs attention? Uh, you know, you've got to look at how many visits uh, a website might be getting, how many leads it converts into, how many new customers come out at the end of that, and are your customers promoting your products and services, you know, because that's another good way to to get more out of your um, data. But it's ultimately extremely important to have a framework so you know what you're trying to achieve, how you're trying to achieve it, and you can actually measure the whole process. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it sounds like that's key, really, just understanding what's going on being able to measure everything you're doing right now and I suppose understanding where you actually want to get to with it because it's all good being able to generate leads but I suppose before you actually go into strategies whether they are digital whether they are use, utilizing existing customers whether they're offline understanding what a decent lead looks like to you right what kind of lead volumes you need to hit your sales targets, as in how many they're going to convert. So it sounds like you need to really kind of think about these these things on before you dig into actually investing money or investing your, your marketing team's time and efforts, right? That's right. And you can obviously get a, a, a very big head start by talking to a client, by digging into their processes. And sometimes it might not be a case they need more leads. You know, there's been some examples we've worked with at Lead Genera where you know, they're bottoming, bottoming out the market nationwide. There are no more leads, it would seem, that they could get on a daily, weekly, monthly basis. And then you've got to look at, you know, this is still within the lead generation space. You've got to look at maybe we could convert more of the leads you're currently getting. You know, what if we took, if there was a thousand leads and you you add a, you know, half a percent onto their 1% conversion rate of all company leads, 
that's quite a sizable number and a, and a good uplift compared to, for example, having to, I don't know, drive 50,000 more individual users as traffic. Um, it could be easier to address what's going on at the bottom of the funnel. You know, what are you doing with customers? What's your follow-up process? And how are you treating people fundamentally? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that makes that makes perfect sense in terms of looking at what's already going on if you are capping out the market and then little little ways, which perhaps we can get into later in the show of how to maximize the leads you're already getting. Um, but I want to jump in because I know you've got a strategy for us, Jace, in terms of how we're going to be able to generate leads, perhaps at a fraction of a cost or perhaps even just save a little bit on what we're investing already. Um, so yeah, go, go ahead, man. Give us give us some initial ideas. And we'll, we'll riff from there. Brilliant, thank you. So the, the key buzzword here is lead magnets, uh, and it's a very interesting topic. And what a lead magnet is is simply something you're giving to users um, in exchange for their details, their credentials. So this is where the transaction begins. If you want to look at it as a funnel, this would be the top of the funnel. So how are you going to market? What are you offering to people? How are people coming across your product? Uh, and you, let's put a lead magnet in the place. Let's say it's the top 10 tips on how to generate hotter leads for your business. When you front load with a lead magnet, you place yourself as an authority. You build trust. Um, you know, you bring your lead costs down ultimately because you're generating a cheaper data audience by giving them a download. You're not asking for a direct lead conversion to sale. You're just simply asking for an email address in exchange for an ebook that you might have given someone. Now, this is a great way to develop, firstly, a cheap audience, and secondly, a really highly relevant audience um, for future targeting, for retargeting, and so on. The concept being, you know, someone that isn't interested in lead generation, they're not going to download an ebook that's to do strictly with lead generation. So it's a good way of filtering people. It's a good way of uh, relating to your audience, placing yourself as an authority, as I say. Um, and further down the funnel, you know, you've got a lot of data to work with then. You've got different pools of people. You know, maybe you can retarget to the people that have downloaded it, retarget to people that haven't downloaded it, but have engaged with it. So you start to develop these different uh, methods, strategies, messages for each type of person that's engaged with your lead magnet. And that's where it gets really interesting because you can actually start to play with your data, refine, uh, refine your message, refine your targeting and hit them in a more personal way. Nice. And that's that's a great starting point. So what we're talking about, and perhaps we could spend a little bit of time thinking about the initial magnet itself, what we could put together, and then how we can then take that from just being a guide and get it in, getting it in front of the people we want, our ideal buyers really, our customers, the people we want to grab the details of, work them through the funnel and eventually bring them into whether it's a, a sales conversation or whether it is actually buying our stuff, whatever our end goal is we've got in mind. So you and I th you touched on it just now, Jay. So in terms of actually this guide, so you mentioned 10 top tips, but let's say for example's sake, I don't know, we're selling, I don't want to use CRM software because I always bloody say that for some reason. Um, let's say... <laughs> Let's say we're we're doing I don't know sales consultancy. Um, let's say we're a sales sales training business. Um, what could we perhaps put as a guide, and what should be some of the first things that come into our mind? And this is this is it. I mean, it, it all begins with asking the right questions to get the right answers. So, who is the target audience here? As a sales consultant, do you want to connect with people that need your coaching services, or do you want to connect with CEOs in business that need to train their sales teams? Again, going back to the framework, asking all the correct questions, you can start to develop a strategy for how to put this together. So let's take the example of you want to connect with CEOs and train perhaps CEOs to train their sales team or even you know sales managers. 
what are the key problems they face and what are the key problems sales teams face? And if you can ask these questions and get on a keyword basis, you know, things people are frequently typing into a search engine, verify this information is popular. That's where you begin. You know, that that's how you get people engaging. Um, out of every, say, five clicks, you can have four people going forward and downloading your lead magnet because it's highly relevant, it's highly targeted, and it's offering to solve a pain problem. Uh, you know, when people are scrolling past, it's hard not to download something for free that offers to just quickly solve something for you. So that's the premise on step one. Got it. So understand what people are searching for. Are there any tools that you recommend, Jason, that people should perhaps look at if they're thinking of doing that, if they want to do a bit of research before they actually put together the guide? I think there's there's several ways you can do it. Um, on a on a very raw basis, you can look in Facebook groups, you can look online, you can start to, you know, you could even host a, a poll in, in someone else's group, get their permission, actually ask people what they might want to know about. That's a great way to get feedback from the market. It's mm -hmm. going to be highly relevant um, and it's going to be very fresh. Um, another way, using programs like Ahrefs, uh, which I'm sure you're familiar with, Sam. It's more on the SEO sure. kind of side of life, uh, the digital space. But using that to, you know, see what keywords are popular. Is is it sales consultancy that people are typing in or is it sales training? You know, which of these keywords gets more hits? And that's a good starting point where there is traffic, where there is a trend, and you can actually join the trends there and kind of leverage what's already on display. Excuse me. Gotcha. Okay. So that's going to give us some ideas for what we want to tap into in terms of perhaps what people are searching for and then i mean is, is 10 tips a, a general framework that tends to work from your experience jace or is there other things we should think about and when it comes to actually putting the content together for the guide itself um any other things we should bear in mind when we're actually putting the guide and then we'll get to how we can market it and get it in front of our customers absolutely so to take it back into kind of a funnel process uh, which would be you know step one how are you attracting people step two how are you engaging with people Step three, how, how are you delighting them? How are you making them become a customer and then keeping them? Um, and to, to work out how an ebook fits into that, you know, top 10 tips and top five tips, they're very easy to write. They're very familiar and they're, they're kind of limited. People know they're not downloading a, a scroll in a tapestry. They're downloading a very <laughs> short list of 10 items that might or might not help it. So it's not too much of a commitment for people uh, and it hits nail on the head. The other side of it would be tackle pain points. You know, if someone, right. let's, let's say you were doing it for the debt industry, you know, mm -hmm. what is the problem here? Why, why would people download this? And what problem do they have? Do they not know who to talk to? Are they feeling like they don't have the information? Are they feeling like they're too overwhelmed? And you can tackle these points to immediately be relatable. Uh, you know, it generates content and things for you to talk about. And again, it places you as an authority. So people have trust in your brand. They're therefore more likely to potentially purchase from you or become a lead. While it's indirect, um, you know, it's a tried and tested proven method that, that really does work. So I'd suggest gotcha. everyone to certainly give it a go. Yeah, so it sounds like from what you've said, there's a range of ways we can do it, whether it's looking at Facebook groups, whether it's perhaps thinking about problems that people come to us, existing customers, whether it's doing research on other tools, and then we can put that into a top five tips, top 10 tips, whatever we want to do to, like you say, help help people trust in us, provide a free resource that's, that's ultimately going to help whoever enjoys it, whoever consumes the content. All right, so we've got our guide. We've done a bit of initial upfront research. What comes next, sir? Do we just get it to market? Do we just chuck a grand in Google ads, chuck a grand in Facebook ads, then we're good as gold, or is there a bit more to it? Well, this is it. I mean, if you did that, you'd just end up with, let's say, a thousand leads uh, that have downloaded your ebook and you've just cost yourself 
let's say between a thousand pound and three thousand pounds to give away a thousand copies of this this ebook that's not very good for business that's not sustainable um that's not very wise at the end of the day so you have to go into this with a strategy and it's all about the follow-up so from the moment they give you their email you know where are they downloading the ebook from are you going to give it to them on the page or are you going to take the opportunity to begin that transactional conversation with follow-up email you know the second they hit download you could say on the on the thank you screen check your email for your free ebook or whatever you're proposing to give them then you're already in their inbox there's familiarity if it did go into the spam folder they'll take it out of the spam folder to find it um, and you capture them in that moment um, so i think that's really important um you know following up with people not just once i think in the sales world there's a, a saying some people would call it eight steps some people call it 12 steps there's 12 interactions required in the follow-up process to close a deal so yeah i mean following up with people and then retargeting people you know for all the people that didn't then request a call back for the phase right. two for the actual reason you're doing the campaign all the people that don't request a call back that's your data pool these are the people we now target you know what have we told them? Where's their head at? And how can we get them on the phone to us, basically? Okay. And are there any things we should consider? And I appreciate this is going to vary, Jace, depending on whether we're using certain platforms. So de depending whether we're, I guess, directing people from perhaps a mailing list to this ebook or whether we're pointing people from our own site or whether we're doing something like Facebook ads or Google ads, or perhaps you can share with us what you recommend as a starting point. And also... And again, this is going to vary from from vertical, depending on what industry we're in, if we should or how we should go about actually directing the, I guess, the ads or whatever form of media that's going to point people to this book itself. Are there things we should consider before we even get to that process of the follow up of getting them to obviously grab grab a copy of the guide and then following up with them? Absolutely. I think it's certainly worthwhile considering again the whole process from start to finish what's your end result here why are we doing this and what do we want and in most cases people want to generate leads to make revenue to make sales to make customers and um, so you can reverse engineer back from that if you for example need 50 more customers or 15 percent more customers which is also a very important bit of information to know um, and again why do you need these leads linking back to the framework this gives you a great indication of where to start you know, when you start to put together the ebook, that might inspire your marketing team to say, hey, look, there's tons of content we can lift out here. We can do an organic campaign to channel people in from organic channels. And let's have our own landing page. So we know every time a lead lands through this form, it must have been organic. We can track it as quantifiable. And the same for, you know, paid ads platforms. There's tons of them out there. Um, different ones work better for different industries, different types of ads. So we're very big on Facebook advertising. We're a Facebook marketing partner. And we're also very big on the Google Ads platform, the search and display platform. Both of these platforms, I mean, it can be very expensive to generate an audience or to find where your niche audience is that actually converts and buys your product. So what we tend to do at Lead Genera, we'll, we'll use Facebook to develop our audiences. If we can use a lead magnet, an ebook, a download, something like that, we'll certainly do that. Um, and front load with that and we'll follow it up immediately with a retargeting campaign so people that have clicked it and downloaded it they'll get one message you know you've downloaded you could be direct with people you've downloaded our ebook why not give get get on the phone to us we can do xyz and all the people that haven't downloaded it there's a different message there so you know all of these different steps of the funnel all have their own branches into how you could kind of supplement them or complement them 
with the rest of your business. It's not a grab and smash. It's a, a whole inbound methodology here to kind of think about. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so we're digging deeper into what this looks like. So I know from your cert, you've certainly got solid expertise, as I know you've helped us over the years with, with Facebook campaigns. And um, I've, I've had a couple, one or two Facebook experts on here, and I always like to challenge them because um, I know damn well that in most industries, you can set up Google Ads if you want a short-term hit of leads. And I know that if we bring it back to the sales training example, if, if someone was ter- searching for maybe sales training consultancy, there was an ad there. I know that that person's got relevant or pretty high intent because they're searching for it on Google. The chances are they probably want the service. If they click an ad, it takes them to a landing page, a homepage. If they need it bad enough, they're probably going to inquire. Whereas Facebook is press, perhaps, and feel free to correct me, is perhaps less in high intent because it's more so if you're seeing an ad, you're scrolling away on your mobile, your PC or whatever, and you see the, the ad if it's for the ebook come up in your feed. Um, but I'd love to know your your thoughts on the difference between the two, because I know Facebook can be a lot cheaper when it comes to, to driving the leads, whereas Google Ads, you, you can be talking as much as several quid, several pounds, several dollars per click alone. That's mm-hmm. before you even get to, to actually convert them into a lead. So um, love to know your thoughts there, Jason. And, and I think you touched on it a bit, ju- bit just now in terms of there's, there's not necessarily one silver bullet. That's a very good point there. And thanks for raising it. So obviously Facebook in its nature, it's a social media platform. So you can imagine people are sitting on their sofa watching TV. They've got Netflix on in the background and they're scrolling through, you know, the intent is, I'll admit, you know, far less than some other platforms, but reminding yourself of why you're using this particular platform and what the goal is here is step one is to generate data and an audience is to start getting a definite uh, verified audience, which we can call, a source list, if you like, that we can then feed into other platforms. So Google Ads and YouTube, they can be a bit more expensive depending on what keywords you're trying to target. Uh, you said they're obviously £3 per click. I've even seen clicks costing £72 on some keywords, which is absolutely unsustainable, uh, but it is out there and there is a market for it. Um, yeah, so social media marketing is a very different beast to search engine marketing, to your Google Ads, to your Bing uh, advertising but it has its benefits. So as long as you're looking at it as a a part of your marketing puzzle and a part of your process and a a complementary bit of your flywheel, you know, you've got to have multiple plates spinning because you could spend years trying to perfect your Facebook campaigns um, when your competitor in one day, one week, one month just nails it because they've got the flexibility to try out different platforms to see what works. You know, there is no one silver bullet. You could have two identical companies, one in the east of the country, one in the west. You could run identical adverts for them because of the cultural differences, because of so many little tiny differences. One advert and one company might might fly and work really well. And the other company, the other side of the country, it might just flop. And then again, you've got to look into the data. We ran identical ads, let's say. It's not something we do. We don't kind of copy ads like that. But as an example here for the conversation's sake, um, it's quite telling, you know, there is no one glove fits all. There's not just an ad template that works for every company. I see a lot of uh, people advertising on Facebook these days, you know, download our top 50 ad templates, which means to me, everyone's going to be using the same ad templates. Um, but yeah, I think when you're using multiple platforms, if for example, you generate a cheap audience on Facebook, you then put a lookalike audience of that into Google ads from step one, you're not targeting keywords, you're targeting people that have an interest. Um, and that's where it gets really interesting and that's how you bring your cost down yeah 
Business Growth Show is sponsored by Vidyard. In today's digital world, getting the attention of key prospects can be a tricky task. Emails and phone calls are often ignored and meeting up in person is rarely an option. And that's exactly why tools like Vidyard have become so effective. Vidyard is a free app that makes it easy to record and send custom video messages that truly stand out and generate more responses. It's a great way to introduce yourself, to showcase your personality, and to create a more personal connection from your very first outreach. You can sign up for your own free account today at vidyard.com forward slash BGS to start sending your very own video messages. That's vidyard.com forward slash BGS. The show is also sponsored by Web Choice. Are you tired of hunting for clients? You could be missing out on regular inbound opportunities all because your website isn't on the first page of Google. Perhaps you're already spending money on marketing but your website is failing to convert your hard-earned visitors into a consistent flow of leads and sales. Want to learn more about WebChoice's unusual approach that brings idle clients straight to you? Book a free digital marketing assessment today at webchoiceuk.com. That's webchoiceuk.com. Got it. Okay, so with that in mind, we have built our lead magnet. We've built perhaps our guide We've done some research, and we, I guess we're, we're starting to collect some some customer data. Um, how do we need to go about this? I know you touched on following up, and you mentioned perhaps email campaigns, but perhaps you could give us some examples of what that really looks like. So from someone giving us their name, their email, and downloading this guide, what are some of the next steps we need to think about in terms of initial follow-up? When can that then become more of a, let's call a marketing qualified lead. So it's just an early stages, top of funnel stuff to a sales qualified lead and they're ready to speak to sales. They're ready to kind of go through the process closer to getting the deal over the line. And that, yeah, very well highlighted. So I think the nurturing process, that's where this, that comes into it. You have to nurture leads. It's not just a get a fish on the hook and then everything's going to be hunky dory. So email might not even work, you know, your, your emails might just be going into their spam folder. So between sending a carrier pigeon or a raven and knocking on that door, obviously we don't do those things. You know, you, you can access people through data these days. So you can retarget them on a different platform. And it's it, it's done it to all of us. You know, maybe you hear a friend talking about dog food or something like that. And then you go on Facebook, you see an advert about dog food. You know, this is the world we live in. It's very instant. It's very quick. Um, I think the the marketing qualified lead to sales qualified lead as long as there's a very diligent considered process that's also flexible so you can chop and change and find out what worked for you um you know you can keep testing and a b testing until you find that magic bullet um and you can rinse and repeat once you find it yeah and and to really drill down here jason there's a reason you're pushing facebook so much as opposed to other campaigns as you mentioned is is that purely because the cost per acquisition the cost to generate these these leads these downloads of our guides, this lead magnet we're putting out, is it is it just a lot cheaper compared to other other options on the market? I mean, the whole concept of the lookalike audience, it's not a new concept per se, but Facebook mm. have very much capitalized on it. So Facebook are very big on, here's our very limited targeting you can use. Let's say you're a boiler company. So you, you've got two options, maybe three. You can hit people with an interest in central heating, with an interest in home improvements, we're getting colder, or with an interest in the word boiler. Out of those three things, you're not getting a really hot audience to work with. So 
when you start to upload, let's take your, your customers as an example. You upload your customers as a source list and you make a lookalike audience of that. When you're using Facebook, it kind of it doesn't matter what platform you're on, I suppose. It matters how easy that platform might be to use. Some people might prefer the way Google do it. Some people might prefer the way YouTube's ad platform works. Um, for, for us personally, it's very quick. It's very accessible. The review process is quick. We can get adverts live quite quick. Um, we can experiment on scale. So we can test a lot of different things, see, see what works. We're, you know, it's, it's got to be cheap to be experimental. You can't tell a client, oh, yeah, we're just going to take your monthly budget of five or ten grand and we're just going to experiment. It's not what they want to hear. It's not going to go down well. But behind the scenes, you do need to have a bit of a budget to experiment. It's, it's experimental in its nature. So I think, um, yeah, Facebook's great for us, as, as is Google Ads, but it, it's what works best for you. Um, I guess we use Facebook because of a lot of the industries we work with, their clients are on Facebook. So that's particularly why we, we talk quite a lot about it. Sure, sure. Um, yes, yeah, so we've covered some good good basics in terms of the guide, in terms of building the ads, in terms of putting it out, in terms of then nurturing the the leads. Are there any other elements that we need to consider that we've not yet touched on, Jason, for example, when we're actually sending the ads to the perhaps a landing page that might um, enable people to, to download the guide in terms of other ways that we should be following up on the leads. And perhaps we can get into in a sec talking about when, when it's, when it's time to call it quits or when it's time to rejig our campaign, perhaps we can ease into that. Yeah, of course. I mean, we're, we're very big on add value first, you know, give, give people all the knowledge and, and make it inbound. So, um, the reason we choose like an ebook, for example, you know, you're giving a lot of value there to people. You're making yourself an authority just through this first transactional transactional moment. Um, and, and we're very big on that. You know, lead gen can flop very quickly. And we've seen it so many times. If the process is call them the very second we get the leads and then hound them for a sale. You know, the sales process, I feel, has changed a lot as the digital world has kind of encroached more in people's lives. So it's not all about, you know, get on the phone and try and close a deal and maybe knock 10 pound off it, maybe knock 50 pound off it or whatever you're dealing with. It's more about adding value these days. Cause if you're not doing that, your competitor certainly will be. And that's where you've got to capture people. You know, if you're adding value to people, let's say they don't convert in your first conversation, that's not a loss and that's not a dead lead. That's just an opportunity that didn't work there. You've got to find the right way into their heads, the right way into their business, and the right way fundamentally to add value to them. And another another side of this, we're very big on. There's no point in just just working before we with jump anyone. on there, Jason. For Sorry, anyone that's sure, thinking, sure. for anyone that's thinking, adding value oh, sounds great. How, how? What can I do that? What What does that actually look like from the conversation that we're talking about? Are there any any examples you could perhaps share with us? Yeah. So you know, you could record a personal video just really trying to connect with them saying look i'm i'm here to literally talk to you and i want to see your business ranking number one for this term or you know share the information with people show them exactly what you might propose to do even show them how they might do it themselves um because the likelihood is they'll come to you as the expert as the authority if not you've definitely imprinted yourself in someone's mind for them to come and talk to you at a later date um, okay. you know, there's, there's so many things you could do. You could offer to write a bit of content for someone just to show them how that might benefit their business, offering them resources and tools. You know, here's an article we've written about your typical lead generation funnel. And 
you know, here you go, Joe Bloggs. If you follow these three steps, you can implement this in your business today, tomorrow. You know, giving that kind of value to people, um, it, it, it works a treat as opposed to just cold selling to people. Yeah, so offering some free resources, it sounds like, whether that's videos, whether that's articles, whether that's something else, just to, I guess, just say, look, I'm here to help. Here's, here's something we, we put together that might be of use to you um, rather than, because again, these these leads aren't going to be dead hot, I suppose, as they, they've just downloaded a guide. So giving them that, building that trust over time, giving them some useful tools, some useful goodies, some useful resources to eventually lead them through to, to the sale point. That's it. And it's all about value. You know, it's a transaction at the end of the day. If they haven't said yes to your ultimate goal, which is to turn them into a customer, you know, and they're still listening to your message, there's still an opportunity here. So that's the very nature of keeping people close, keeping them in your circle, you know, keeping them close to your brand so that you still stand a chance of converting them. Conversion windows as well, you know, is is it a seven-day conversion window that you've got in your company? Is it a 28-day? For example, if you're selling cars, people don't buy a car, um, you know, sporadically and randomly, spontaneously in the moment. There's maybe a six to 12-month conversion window on car sales. So you've got to think about your product or your service offering, how that fits into people's lives, why they should choose you compared to your competitor and in amongst all of this it needs to be knitted and glued together with value you know and when you start thinking like that there's so much you can do for people there's so much you can offer because by unlocking these conversations by getting them talking about their business and you know which isn't something people actually get a chance to do much to be honest we experience that a lot people don't get a chance to talk about their business like we might explore their business with them you know what are your goals these kinds of questions um and yeah value 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 very big nice one. Nice. So let's say we're doing all these things. We're following the best practices. Um, two two things, really. When do we know if a campaign needs to be knocked on the head and perhaps we need to try another channel, whether that's changing our ads, whether that's changing our guide, whether that's moving to a completely different platform, i.e. going off Facebook and moving to Google Ads or something else? Um, perhaps we'll have that as a first point on your thoughts on that, Jason. I think the the fundamental, you know, if 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 you're going to spend a pound, you need to make two pound back. Otherwise, there's there's no point in you having run that campaign. And it's quite a big saying. I think it must be American, but they say, yeah, uh, if you spend a dollar and make a dollar, you you know, you'll be all right for the rest of your life. It's a good way to think about it. But drilling down into that further, you know, what's the return on investment? And this will all be kind of discovered in the in, the, in your early framework discussions and your exploratory call. What's the reason for these sales? You know, what's your sales margin? You know, how many people do you need to sit in front of to make a sale? So what's your cost per lead to cost per sale ratio? Um, there's there's a bigger picture to consider here. Uh, can you just remind me of the question, actually, Sam? I've, I've got so many little notes. Yeah, yeah. So I, I was just that. asking, is is there a time where we should knock a campaign on the head and perhaps either rework our strategy or even look to move to another ad channel whether that's email, whether that's Google ads or stepping off Facebook, whoever that may be. Back in the room. Sorry about that. <laughs> um, so return on ad spend, you know, your, your ROAS ultimately is a very good way of measuring if something's working. So let's say your average sales price is five grand, but you've spent five grand to make one sale. You're not making money. It's not sustainable. Uh, and while you have made a sale, you've not made any profit. You've canceled the sale out and the revenue out just by getting that sale. So you start to look at return on ad spend. How how much have we spent and how much are we gaining from it? And I mean, there's campaigns we run that we can try our hardest sometimes and just cannot help someone. 
I think to be upfront about that, when you're looking at the return on ad spend, being open with people and saying, look, now we've spent a thousand and, and, and nothing's happening. Obviously you wouldn't want to get to a thousand pounds, depending what they're, what we're trying to achieve here. There are some big ticket industries. Um, but yeah, you've got, you've got to have your end goals in mind. And if, if you're spending money and not even scratching the surface of a return on investment, that's a very big indication that you need to move platform or that this platform might not be working for your business. Yeah. And I guess it's all about keeping a tight handle on what's going on, making sure you're measuring things properly, right. And just keeping a grip on, on what's going on with the campaign, whether you're doing it yourself or whether you have got a, a company or a professional to, to help you out with it. So on the other end, on the flip side of that, what if a campaign's going really well and we're seeing a lot of leads come through? Are there any ways we can actually look to lower our cost per lead, so lower our marketing spend, yet keep the leads flowing? Or do we just stay content? Should we just think, oh, everything's working well now, we shouldn't try and tweak it because it's all good? So... You've always got to be in the driving seat with your ad campaigns. There's a very uh, realistic thing you come up against quite quickly, and that's advert fatigue. Um, and there's something else I'll talk about, which is uh, creating a source list of all your, your verified leads and excluding them from your targeting. So um, both of these things lower your, your ad spend. I mean, you don't want overlap. Let's say, for example, someone's already purchased from you and you keep showing them the same advert, same advert, because you haven't geared up your ads platform to say, look, these are leads that have been generated. Now feed that back in and exclude these people from that campaign. Firstly, it's going to dilute your message and make them think you're a bit of a plonker. Um, and secondly, you're wasting money. You're showing adverts to people that have already purchased from you that now, therefore, don't have an interest in this part of your funnel. Um, so your ad spent, you know, you're wasting it. And, you know, it's working out which money you are wasting and retargeting that into things that do work. Um, and getting back on the experimental wagon if you need to to find out what does work uh, that, that ultimately keeps your costs down. So refreshing your adverts frequently, um, chopping and changing different colors, different uh, text copy and so on and so forth. But yeah, when an advert is running well, it is going to decline. It's guaranteed almost. They, they, they don't just kind of exponentially keep increasing. There's a peak and then they'll go down if you, if you don't do the right things. Got it. Well, um, Jace, really appreciate you running everything through, my friend. You've given us a good snapshot of how we can utilize lead magnets to, to get those top of funnel leads and then work them through, nurture them on to eventually becoming a, a closed, closed piece of business or a closed deal. Are there any other things that we need to bear in mind before we go out and we, we tell, tell our, our, our agency or we start digging at it ourselves and start building our own lead magnets? Is there any other final notes that we should bear in mind? I think it's getting your, you know, getting your values right, not not getting in stuff to look at it as a get rich quick scheme. There is no such thing. Looking at the long term effects of this, um, which then you start to move into your SEO positioning, which I know you, you're very good at, particularly Sam. Um, but, you know, break down your process, analyze your process, never assume you're an expert and that you know it all. Always try new things, always try new platforms, try new trends, you know, be quirky, be experimental because... When you stop doing that, you lose the ability to, uh, you know, find new avenues that do work for you. Um, and when you when you do sit on your laurels, everything's going to go wrong. So, you know, attract, engage, and delight people. When you when you reduce it down to those three things, you know, what what are you doing to attract people? Is it ads? Is it videos? Are you writing content? Are you using social media? Have you got a content strategy? Phase two, how are you engaging with people? Have you got automation and a CRM? 
Are you doing email marketing? How are you managing leads? There's a bunch of questions on this phase as well. And finally, just to wrap it up, how are you delighting people? You know, do you ask for customer reviews? Do you offer people 10% off if they come back and buy again? Did you capture their birthday when they signed up as a lead? Can you wish them a happy birthday when the birthday comes around? No, there's so, so many things to discuss, but I think fundamentally attract, engage, delight, and refine your processes and, you know, refine yourself. Keep, keep fresh, basically. Beautiful. And on that, sir, on that note, I'd like to thank you very much for, for coming on, Jason. Hugely valuable episode. So really appreciate your time, sir. And um, for anyone that would like to learn more about Jason, would like to learn more about your company, Lead Genera, what is the best way to connect with you and to get in touch? Get on our website, uh, drop us an email, support at leadgenera.com. Um, you know, we'd love to hear from you. So feel free to call, drop on our website, drop us an email, send us a raven if you can train it to, to get in touch with us. Do whatever you need to, but um, it'd certainly be good to talk to people. Nice one, dude. We'll put all of those links over on the show notes over at businessgrowth.marketing. I want to thank you once again, Jason. Appreciate you coming on. Thank you, Sam. I'll see you soon. Cheers. And if you enjoyed the show, be sure to hit subscribe for wherever the heck you get your podcasts from. Business Growth Show, available on all your major podcast channels. We interview business leaders each and every week to provide actionable tips across marketing, across sales, all the goal to help you grow your business and increase your revenue. And with that, we should catch you on the next episode.